And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Hi there, everybody. Welcome once again to Greenlight Reviews, the show on which we talk about the movies. I am Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And today, Ann, we're going to review a German film called The White Ribbon. Mm -hmm. It was written and directed by Michael Haneke. Correct. This film is two and a half hours long. And it is filmed in black and white. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it is all in German. Now, I'm laying all these things out because if you want to see this film, be warned. And also be warned that you will not smile once during this two and a half hours. I agree. I have to say that I think this film was very maddening, very frustrating experience for me to sit there for two and a half hours. And as the closing credits rolled out on White Ribbon, all I wanted was a Paps Blue Ribbon. (laughs) (laughs) And I tell you why it angered me, because Michael Haneke, the filmmaker, sets up in great detail a number of crimes, some more serious than others, in this town in southern Germany around 1914. Just before World War One, by the way. Right. And as we view these crimes and so on, we become very much engaged in them. And he creates a mystery that just begs to be solved. So there you are sitting for two and a half hours, and Michael Heineke walks away from that responsibility, in my opinion. He just leaves you sitting there. Yes. I really did not think it was a terrible movie. I want to make that very clear. But I didn't like the cop-out. And the cop-out from this picture is, in life, sometimes evil just happens, and you never know how it started, and you never know exactly who's to blame. Now, that's a philosophical point that we have seen and has been dramatized in other movies and in plays in the past. But what is so misleading about the White Ribbon is the attention to detail. It is the scrupulous manner in which Michael Haneke lays out the crimes and the obsession of the only good person in the village, the school teacher, to get to the bottom of it all. And then it's all just poof, the movie is over. And you walk out of the film scratching her head and going, huh. Well, you do, Anne. And one of the reasons is that almost every moment of this film is the depiction of somebody being astonishingly cruel. To children. To children and to other adults. Michael Haneke, the director, sets up the entire country of Germany Mm -hmm. just before World War I as very emotionally repressed. And we are also shown the vast difference, which you can tell today if you look out the window, not just in the United States, but anywhere, the vast chasm between the rich and the poor. Mm -hmm. We have the baron. He is the landowner. Almost everybody works for him. His steward, who is poor but supposedly honest. The parson, who has eight children that he is very cruel to. And the doctor, who is having an affair with the local midwife. And the midwife has a son of her own. Carly, probably a little boy about seven, who is portrayed as having Down syndrome. And terrible things are done to him, too. Well, there are so many questions that this film offers and very few answers. And I'm wondering if Haneke wants us to think about the following, that children bear the sins of their fathers, that adults create monsters, that this kind of bucolic German village with the evil going through it represents what's going to happen to the mother country once fascism takes over and World War I grips the planet. And, you know, all of those are very lofty concepts. They sure are. And there's certainly issues that can be dramatized in movies. This one 
It's not a bad movie. It was just disappointing and so frustrating because it was kind of an arbitrary ending. And that is not the kind of movie that I like to invest two and a half hours in. Well, it is a long movie. And, you know, if you love going to art films in other languages, which I do. I do, too. You love to listen to the French language. Mm -hmm. You love to listen to the Spanish language. Nobody enjoys listening to German. Well, if you're a German, you do. That's true. (laughs) You know, I think it's the kind of film, as you just said, it's going to appeal to a serious film cult person, somebody who likes ambiguous movies that are shot in black and white and that shout out right from the opening, hey, look at me, I'm a German black and white artsy film, and I'm going to (laughs) win tons of awards because no one can figure out what I'm all about. But reviewers and critics across the country are going to pretend that they get it because they want to appear smart and smarter than all those poor plebeians who are running and going to the Cineplex films. That's what the movie does to me. It's very important to me, Anne, that everybody think that I'm very brilliant and very wise, but I didn't get this film either. I mean, I understand what Haneke was trying to do. Sure. And some of the scenes were very brilliantly photographed and directed, except they went on forever and ever and ever. There is a scene where the parson decides that he is going to whip all eight of his children. Yeah. Because they came home late. Exactly. And so he tells them at dinner, tomorrow you will all get in front of your siblings 10 strokes of the cane. So you now have 24 hours to think about it. And it seemed like 24 hours until he got around to doing it. Thank God he did did not do it on camera, but we heard it being done off camera. There are some scenes, as you have pointed out, some of the more effective scenes. The camera just stays on a long shot of the door, and you hear what's going on behind the right. door. Right. I think we have to say that the white ribbon is a symbol, but in the movie, it is a piece of cloth that a couple of the children are forced to wear by their father. To remind them of their purity and their innocence. That's correct. It sounds like that this is an exciting, provocative film. I think when we're talking about it, it's much more interesting <laughs> than what we saw up on the screen. It's not a dull movie. I don't mean to say that. It's just that it leads you into so many dead-end streets, and you don't don't get any answers at the conclusion of the film, and it's a movie that really begs to have some solution or resolution at the conclusion. There is one moment in this film that made me laugh out loud, however. I don't think anybody else did. Maybe they didn't get it. The police, the local police, are very roughly and brutally questioning this little girl to find out if she knows anything about who injured and maimed the Down syndrome child, Carly. Of course, he's making her cry, as you would. You know, an 11-year-old girl, you scream at her like that. And he finally says to her, of course, in German, which made it even funnier to me, we have ways to make you talk. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh, my goodness, well, they really didn't do that. Yeah, did they? but that is a forewarning, a foreboding, I would say, of what Haneke is saying about this town, that it does represent what's going to happen once fascism takes over and then drifts into Nazism. I think those children were all quite beautiful and very talented in this film. They all have a poise and a kind of stillness about them that makes them all the more frightening. You know, these kids move in packs, if you remember less, and they always are checking on each other and they're peeking into windows to see if a certain child is back in his or her bedroom. There's a lot of mystery that shrouds all of the events within this village. And as I say, you want it to be a little bit more. It was certainly a stimulating film and one that we've had a lot of fun talking about. So 
it's not a red light for me at all. In fact, white ribbon gets a, you know, a provocative yellow light. Well, I would give it a white light, but we don't have that, do we? My biggest problem with the film, of course, is it just kind of ends. We were not left with anything we could sink our teeth into. I agree with you. There are some very interesting thoughts that are floated by here, but they float by so quickly that I can't grab hold of any of them. So I am giving this a yellow light also. Two yellow lights from Anne and myself for The White Ribbon. Well, we're going to see another movie very, very soon. I can't wait. I hope it's going to be more fun than this one, because I really need to laugh these days. Until that time, my name is Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that we're going to run into you eating your popcorn, <laughs> munching away, and <laughs> smiling <laughs> at the movies. Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, Next Best Picture. On our show, we explore all year long what is possibly going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. We do this by conducting interviews with people within the film industry, holding weekly reviews of the latest theatrical releases, and on our main show, where we dive into various different topics, answer your fan questions, and also do our best to explore Oscar history's past in hopes that it will tell us something new for this upcoming award season race. We hope that you will join us on all the various podcasting networks. We look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com.